0: Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited because I'm with a very famous tarot lady today. Hello, Teresa. Thank you so much.
1: Hello, Pleasants. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to talk to you.
0: Yay. Okay. So how on earth did you become the tarot lady? I want
1: the uh, whole story. <laughs> the whole story, you know, it's actually really funny. And I also have to say, my career and everything happened by accident. So, when I was a teenager, as most teenagers are, I was trying to figure out who I am. And I had a girlfriend who had a very unusual mother. Her mother was a psychiatrist and a pianist, but she also did astrology. So, she said, I want to do your astrology chart. I said, Ooh. And she sat down, and it was so fascinating for me. And it answered a lot of questions that I had at that time. So I thought, you know what, I need to know more about this stuff. So I actually started studying astrology before I got into tarot. And one day we were at one of those really rare trips to the mall. I lived in a rural area, by the way, so the mall was like a big treat. So we got to the mall one time and I went to the bookstore because unlike most teenage girls, instead of going to clothing stores, bookstores are always the first thing I'm going to go to. And so I went to the new age section to see if I could get some astrology books. And at that time, you know, it was a much smaller section. There's nothing, there was nothing available like there is today. And there was a tarot deck and I saw that tarot deck and I thought, I have seen this in the movies. I'm going to take that home with me. So I took it home on an impulse and started working with the tarot cards, and they resonated. I'm a very visual person. uh, And so they right away struck a chord with me. And I became absolutely fascinated with them. And from the time I was basically 15 years old, I've never had a tarot deck out of my hands. And after I've been reading for about 10 years, not professionally, just, you know, as a hobby, um, I had gotten a job bartending because I needed to Moved back home, helped my dad out. My dad was sick. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a mindless job. And I'm going to try to figure out what I'm doing next. And so I got a job bartending. And they ended up putting me on the, the dead shift because I was such a terrible bar, bartender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so my shifts were dead. So I started bringing in my tarot cards as a way to pass the time and to connect with people. And it was really interesting. Suddenly, my days became very popular. And people were coming in and they're like, you know what, I'd like to pay you outside of here so I could go a little bit deeper with this. And so that's how everything began. And then it kind of morphed into a career from that point on. And so now I've been reading as a full-time professional tarot reader for close to 30 years. Wow. Yeah, a long time.
0: How have you seen it change? How have you, so you've been a professional tarot reader for 30 years. How has it changed or evolved over the past 30 years? Like how you're, the actual, how you, how you work, how you work with people?
1: Well, first of all, I like to say back in the day, (laughs) back in the day was a lot harder to do business, especially this kind of business. It's a weird business. And, you know, first of all, you're coming right out of the gate with a business that has a stigma to it that there are a lot of people who have misconceptions about it. They think it's spooky or scary, which it's not. Um, And we didn't have the internet. So all my work was word of mouth. People found me through someone who knew me. Mm -hmm. And I would do a lot of tarot parties or I would do events. Those would be ways that I would connect with people. Now, how it's changed over the years is now probably 95% of my work is internet. Mm -hmm. It's rare that I see a client in person. I only work in-person clients with old clients. Everybody else does it over the phone yeah. because it's way more convenient. I can record it for people. People (laughs) find me online. I no longer am just working with uh, local clients. Now I work with people all over the world. So that's the big change that's been technology for my business. Um, But also this kind of stuff is more mainstream now. So there's a lot less ignorance around it. I mean, there's still always going to be people who look at it like, ooh, it's weird. But like things like astrology and tarot have really gone mainstream. I mean, even a lot of the fashion designers now are using tarot as inspiration. Dior had tarot as their inspiration in their last big collection. So it's it's, it's changed and it's made it a lot better because um, you don't have to deal with a lot of the ignorance around it. You have a lot more friendliness towards it. And so it makes your work a lot more pleasant.
0: Okay. So basic say someone is listening to this or watching this and they're like, I, I, I've heard of it, but I don't understand what it is. So tell me what, how you define tarot and how you see, um, it working and why it works and all that. Kind okay.
1: Of well, first of all, just so what people know, tarot is, tarot It consists of playing cards and there's 78 cards in the deck. Um, it was actually originally created as a game and in Italy And in about the 1400s, and it's still played as a game in some parts of Europe today. So Mm. a lot of people think it's about divination, but it was originally a game. It became uh, more known for divination around the 1700s, when a guy named Jean-Baptiste Aliette wrote a book on divination with tarot. And, you know, divination has been around forever and ever. But that started getting people really into the idea of tarot as a tool for divination. So over the years, what's happened, though, is tarot has morphed. Tarot is still used for divination, but it's also used for a variety of other things. It's used for introspection, it's used for self-development, it's used for creativity. Um, And when people come to get a reading, what I like to say is, the tarot cards are showing the story of where you are now and where you're going. And so they can give you an idea of where your decisions might be taking you. And so you get an opportunity to really kind of look ahead and reflect, and then decide within yourself, Does this feel like where I want to go? Or do I need to change something within myself? So I use it as a tool for consciousness because I think a lot of, if I had to describe things, I like to think a lot of us, you know, our lives don't happen to us by accident, right? A lot of our our lives turn out because of the choices we've made. And if you look back on the choices you've made like a week ago, 10 days ago, 30 days ago, a year ago, you're going to see, how you got here, even 10 years ago, how did you get here? And that's what tarot's all about. It's about unraveling. What are our thoughts? What are our processes? What are our choices that got us here? And what do we want to think about going forward? So I, I think it's totally for mindfulness. That's how I use it.
0: What's being influenced? Is it is there um, like a spirit or energy that's influencing the cards and the cards that you pick? Or how do you kind of talk about what comes up as you're looking at the cards,
1: picking the cards. You know what? I can't really explain that. They just, things come up the way they come up. And I think what people do for readers, at least this is how I see it, is um, I'm very much in touch with my intuition. Yeah. I really trust that 100%. I grew up in a household where intuition was honored. So I don't doubt it. I look at those cards and what I do is I look again at what the story is and what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And those feelings are what really guide me. And it's same like when I'm connected with a client. I'm not just looking at the cards and say, well, this is the high priestess. Because the high priestess, for example, can have many different meanings. Mm-hmm. So as a reader, what I'm trying to do is tune in and see, well, what is this? How does this apply to this person? What am I feeling? And sometimes the client might be telling me what they're feeling. And we go from there and we start really working around what that image might mean to them.
0: So why would someone, this came up a lot in the questions was, of the ladies, was why would someone start using them or what's the purpose? You know, we live in DC. I have a lot of DC people here. So we always want to know the why, what's the purpose and what's the outcome?
1: (laughs) Well, people pick up tarot for, and astrology and things like this. Yeah. It's metaphysical tools for many different reasons. Not everybody's coming to it for the same thing. You know, some people get into something like tarot or astrology because they want to understand themselves. which is what, that's what led me there. I wanted to figure out why am I the way I am? Why do I react certain ways? And why am I thinking certain ways? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, there are also people who might come to it because they're just curious. They're nosy. Some people want to get an idea of the future. Um, You know, there's just so many different reasons. I don't think there's any one particular reason why people might come to it why people might use it also is going to be for different reasons some people use it just for introspection some people use it because they want to define the future you know so it's going to be very different for very different people and by the way there's actually quite a number of psychologists who use tarot with their clients to help them to go in and unravel the stuff going on within themselves
0: well, I think that in my experience, um, so we use the goddess card deck a lot. Yeah. Fr- at the beginning of our session every week, I pull a goddess card and we talk about whatever she's bringing. And um, and it's awesome. I mean, it's always like spot on to exactly what we need. And it's just, it's so, I just love connecting with them. Um, but what I've also noticed is that I think People who are not, especially women who are not used to really going inward and saying, well, how am I feeling about this? Or what is this habit or pattern? The fascinating, you know, overwhelming world that we're living in is that this is an opportunity for us to pause and reflect inward um, in, in sort of a like low hanging fruit kind of way, because you don't you don't have to like come up with the question yourself if you pick a card and there's Something that it's offering to you, then you can reflect on it. And that's what I thought was awesome too. I met Teresa at a conference and um, she picked a card for us at the beginning and it was just so like perfect for the setting and the same with the closing card. And um, I just love the idea of using the tools, using tarot and goddess cards for reflection on your inner life when sometimes it's hard to. Um, really start that yourself because you're not used to it. You know, lots of people like I do this for a living. So I get to sit here and talk to wonderful women and talk about this all day. But I know many of the uh, women who are listening to this are working full time, mostly in the government or lawyers or moms and they're just rushing around. They're not pausing and thinking about this. So I think it's such a wonderful tool. And I love how you said it was a tool of consciousness um, and the choices that we make and It's
1: huge. I think consciousness is so important. It's so, you know, it's so overlooked. Mm -hmm. And slowing down and becoming intentional is so important. I mean, I think about, I always think about my motives for things. I always think about where my decisions are going to be leading me. Mm -hmm. I think very closely about what's the energy around a situation or me. What's the energy around the other person? I'm super, super conscious all the time. And I think that is so important because I think many of us, like you said, we, we're speeding through life. We're living in a solar world, but women especially, we're lunar creatures. We're yeah. ruled by the moon. Why are we not going inward? Why are we denying that part of ourselves? Why do we deny our intuition? Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot that's coming up now that we're, un- we're unraveling and it's a wonderful time to be a woman and be alive. Yes. Um, okay, so I want to know, Who is there ever been, is there anyone who shouldn't use tarot? Is there anyone that you're like, no, I don't think it's a good idea?
1: Absolutely. If you have some sort of a belief system that's making you approach it with total fear, leave it alone. Yeah. You know, occasionally I come across somebody who maybe they have a religious objection to it. And if you have that kind of an attitude, first of all, if you're coming to me as a tarot reader, you're going to make my job miserable. Yeah. Because now I have to like show you I'm not evil and I'm normal and boring. And that's really not how I want to work. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, and I can relate to that to, to a degree. I mean, I don't believe in gambling, for example. I think it's the most horrific thing ever. So therefore, I don't go to a casino because it's totally against my belief systems. So if it is against your belief system, your spiritual belief systems or whatever, leave it alone. I also think that um, if you're so skeptical that you're coming into it with a closed mind, Mm -hmm. it's not gonna work for you. You know, it just, if you don't feel open to it, if you don't feel curious about it, leave it alone. It's not going to be a great experience. Or, you know, it's been interesting over the years you know, back in the day when I was a young reader and you put up with a lot more when you're young, boy, getting old is so great because now it's like, uh-uh. But you know, back in the day, I would sometimes encounter people at the bars who were really skeptical, as was usual as a man, of course. <laughs> and they would come with such an attitude. I would do the reading. It would be lovely. I would click and something then would connect and they'd be, oh my God, this is great. And some of them ended up becoming my best clients. But it is not a fun experience for the person doing it. It's kind of like this. If you go into a doctor and say, Well, I don't believe in doctors, and I'm not going to tell you what's wrong with me, but I want you to guess, (laughs) and I want you to wow me, and I want you to convince me, well, and then I'm going to be okay with you. And would you do that to a doctor? Probably not. Yes. Yeah,
0: uh, we talk about that a lot because I teach a lot of um, Ayurveda, like, you know, a lot of Ayurvedic practices, and sometimes someone in the class will be kind of resistant to the early to bed, early to rise. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, it's fine. Like I'm just teaching you what the Ayurvedic wisdom is teaching. And I've tried it for many years and it's awesome. Like I feel awesome when I do this. So you can believe it or not believe it, but this is what the wisdom says. And, and what, you know, if you let go of some of that resistance and defenses and what you think, you know, sometimes New things arise. I find yeah. all, but anyway, it's a similar conversation that we have in class sometimes. You know.
1: Um, yeah. And by the way, I'm a big okay, believer so, in It works.
0: Yay! We do. <laughs> okay. Are all decks? This is a personal question because when I go now to like Amazon or I go to a yoga studio, I see them all over, and there's so many different kinds. First of all, I can't believe I don't have it with me because it's in the other room, but I have your, you have the coloring book.
1: Yes, the tarot coloring book.
0: You made that? I love that book. My son is obsessed with that book. My kids color in it all the time. And the other night they were coloring it and I looked on the cover. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Teresa's book. So I already have your coloring book.
1: Awesome. It's a great book for people who are beginners. Yes. And people who want to learn experientially. Experientially. yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm also a yoga teacher too, by the way. When I was uh, studying my yoga teacher training, the hardest thing for me was the anatomy. And I'm a smart woman, but the anatomy over my head. So I got the uh, anatomy coloring book. And the idea of coloring it in helped me to connect with it. So when I uh, was talking with my publisher and we talked about the idea of doing a coloring book, I'm like, of course. For people who are experiential, the coloring book is that. Now, in that book... The deck that's featured is the Rider Waite Smith deck which is the classic tarot deck. You had a question though about other decks because yes. there are so many on the market now.
0: Yeah I just want to know what your thoughts are that, that I have the one that your book is modeled after it's probably your book and your coloring book and that deck I have like they're all the same but yep. now that it is more popular I'm seeing all these other decks and so tell me a little about how you, like, do we need multiple? Are we fine with just one? Is, what's the kind of energy behind the variety? What do you think?
1: Well, I think every artist has their different interpretation.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: You know, and sometimes people are going to find that maybe some artists really don't resonate with them. For example, uh, Courtney Alexander, who's a phenomenal artist, she noticed that there were not a lot of decks featuring women of color. So she created a deck called the Dust to Onyx deck. It's gorgeous, and it's all black women in it. It's a beautiful deck, and she wanted a deck like that because she wasn't being represented in some of these decks. Yeah. So, yeah, people might pick a deck for that, or maybe they need something lighter. So, for example... Instead of the Rider-Waite deck, people might want something like the new Crystal Unicorn Tarot, which is adorable.
0: Oh, that's cute. My daughter would love that
1: one. <laughs> it's such a great deck. It actually reads really well. Uh, another deck that I love is the Fountain Tarot because it's just really stylistic and it's beautiful. And I'm getting to a point here in a second. But the deck for the the Fountain Tarot, it's just gorgeous. I mean, these images. Oh, yeah. And it's so like thought-provoking and just a really well-designed deck and so for these decks I I will work with decks because I like the art I like the art I like the people who made the deck maybe that might also be driving me to try a different deck but I always go back to the Rider Wade Smith Tarot because it's a classic in fact most of these modern decks are based on this one and the Thoth deck but this is the one I prefer so I always go back Always, always, always. And people will find that, you know, a deck will appeal to them or not. I would say the best thing to do if you're completely new, always start with the Rider-Waite-Smith deck okay? because other decks are based on it. And from there, look around and see which deck appeals to you. What holds meaning for you? What kind of images really speak to you? And your, your taste is going to be different than mine. It's individual.
0: Is there such thing as a bad deck?
1: No. It's just 78 paper cards. <laughs> oh. okay. So um, so that's
0: my question. The art is different every time, but the numbers are the same. The Six of Swords or the King of this or that, like all of those are the same. It's just the artwork is going to be different. But the-, the artwork
1: is different. They might even be a few different names.
0: Like oh. for example,
1: the Connolly deck, they took out the devil card or every, all the spooky cards and put in names oh. that were more kinder for people who are scared of a... <laughs> regular deck. Um, So people might change some of the things, but they're generally based on the same formula. Okay.
0: Okay. So let's do the basics. Someone has just listened to this. They're like, Oh, I'm super interested. I'm going to go on Amazon and pick a deck that I imagine is step one. Mm -hmm. Then what? How do we start?
1: Well, the best way to start is by doing exactly what I did when I was a kid. (laughs) Every day I pulled a card And I would pick that card and I would study it in a little book that came with it. I would reflect on what that card might mean. I'd see how it would show up in the day. And then later in the day, I'd come back and think about it. I also did as many readings for as many people who would leave me, who would allow me. And back then, you know, who wants to have some teenage kid in a rural area reading your your cards? It, It took me some time to get some good practice buddies. Uh, But, of course, after I got out of that area and got into the city, I had no trouble finding people that were game. So practice, practice, practice. But, you know, really the easiest way to start out is pull a card for the day. Go simple. Write down your interpretation. What do you think? What is this card making you think? Come back later on the day and look at it. Think about it.
0: So someone in the group asked, um, uh this question hold on I wanted to ask oh um is there how do we use them for guidance to um to further creativity
1: mm. there's lots of ways to use it for creativity Just like you
0: said but is there anything you'd like to add for that if there's something specific oh cool yeah
1: well here's a couple of things I mean I actually teach workshops in tarot creativity one of the online,
0: workshops
1: oh online. no no these are in person these okay. are in person Uh, One of the classes I taught was with Chris Zydell. In fact, we're repeating it again in San Francisco and it was called Brushes and Cards. And what we did was uh, the students got to pick a card. Now they could pick a face up or they could pick one randomly. And then they had to look at the card, take a minute with it, put the card down, go in and paint whatever got inspired by that card. And then after everybody was done, and they had to paint in silence too. We came back as a group and people would show their painting and what they got out of the card and then i would add my tarot interpretation and other students then would help them see things that they saw it was very profound um so that's one way to work with it that's pretty involved Yeah, <laughs> yes um i'm teaching a workshop on tarot and photography in la next month and photography and okay. tarot is one of my favorite things because years ago in my former life i was actually I worked for an anarchist newspaper and I did photography for it. So I always have a soft spot for photography. But what I love to do is I like to look for tarot in everyday life and snap pictures of it. So a great way to spar your creativity, pick a card in the morning, go out with your iPhone, look for something that feels akin to something you saw in the card. Take the picture and then go back and look at it, reflect on the picture. What is that picture telling you? Why did you see that as that tarot card? What is it saying to you? I mean, it is such a good practice and it's something I've been doing for years. You know, I call it tarot walking. Mm. I just love it. It's a wonderful way for me to tune into my um, creativity and my love of photography. And you know, sometimes I'll be walking and I'll see something that reminds me of a tarot card. So, boom, I snap the picture and come back and think about it later, too.
0: Oh, I love that so much. I'm going to do that. That sounds so fun. It um, is. Do, they, do you, are the, someone had asked, are the, the cards that you pick picked by the soul? Like, why is it that people think there's some super woo? Like, why does it get ca- caught up in that? If we're, I mean, you could look at it in a very like secular way where you're like, here's the, all these ideas and reflections and ways of living. And I'm going to pick a card and I'm going to reflect on that. That's one way that doesn't really have a lot of like magical mystery, but someone did ask, is it the soul that's picking the cards?
1: You know, I don't have an answer for that. Right. I mean, I've been reading (laughs) cards for, you know, over half my life. For 35 years, I've been working with cards and almost 30 years as a pro. You know, I really don't have an answer for that. Wow. Is it random? Is it fade? Is it soul? Is it my higher guides? I don't know. All I know is it comes up and we work with what comes up.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, one person wanted to know, and then we'll start to wrap up because I'm trying to respect your time. What are good daily questions to ask the cards?
1: Ooh, I love that. There is such a thing as a bad question. So let me tell you this. Asking nosy questions about other people's business that you don't need to be knowing about is really a poor form. And you'd be surprised how many people want to know what their ex is up to and who they're having sex with. And it's like, that's inappropriate, uh-uh. But good questions to ask are um, like, let me see. Uh, what do I need to know about this situation? For example, what do I need to know about my meeting with Pleasance today? That's a great question. Or what can I do to improve blank this situation? That way you're being, you're not just like looking at will I or won't I, but you're looking at proactive questions. Here's a great one. How can I make the best possible use of my time today? Or how can I best support blank at this time? Mm-hmm. Or what's the hidden opportunity with this situation? Those are great questions.
0: Yeah, the person who asked us it great. Underneath, she said, "Can we use the cards as part of planning, like a theme or area to focus on for the day, or the week, or the month?" So
1: absolutely. Like, yeah,
0: exactly what you're saying.
1: Actually, I'm a planning maniac. That's Me the too. One... Oh my god, I love to plan. And you know, back when I meditate, one of the funniest things that I, I discovered is my brain is a planning brain. It's yeah. automatically Oh yeah. To plan. Me I'm too. Me too. And so I kind of laugh at myself for that. But you can use tarot this way. You can like pull a card for the week and mm-hmm. let that guide you for the week. You can pull a card for the day. Mm-hmm. You can pull a card for the year. Um, you know, one of the things that I really do though for planning, I use astrology for rigorous planning. So the tarot can help wow. with that. But astrology, I got to tell you, if you're an entrepreneur, yeah, astrology will make your business. A hundred percent better. I think it was J.P. Morgan said um, billionaires use astrology.
0: Yeah,
1: because it really does actually work. And here's how that works: when you are aware of the energy and how things are operating, you can once again be really present, and you can make better decisions. So let me use a quick astrology example. If there is a, and by the way, this year astrologically is tricky as heck. I know. It's really tricky for entrepreneurs. We have our three Mercury retrogrades and Mercury retrogrades are a time when communication and travel can go poorly.
0: Yes.
1: So you certainly want to make sure that you're more mindful and you back up your technology. Technology. <laughs> yep. We also have a Mars retrograde and Mars retrograde is when you do not want to launch something new. You do not want to launch something new because chances are, if you're opening a new business under a Mars retrograde, you're going to have problems. Then we have a Venus retrograde this year. And people think Venus retrograde just has to do with our love life. It doesn't. It also, for business people, it has to do with your client care. Mm -hmm. And during the Venus retrograde, that is a time where there tends to be a lot more problems with clients. So pay attention to Mercury, Mars, and Venus retrograde, but also the daily planets. I pay attention to new moons, full moons. I chart my entire week out by the moons. And I also pay attention to the void of course moon. The void of course moon is the moon right before it changes signs, right after it makes its last aspect. And that period is called a cosmic timeout. Sometimes it might last for a few minutes. Sometimes it might last for like 12 hours. It's not a time to initiate things because oftentimes things just don't work out. So I followed the stars with my business for years and mapped it out. And I always say it's my secret sauce. It really makes sure that I am operating with energy instead of operating against it. And when there are things that are negative, let's say you pull a negative card or let's say the planets are just messy. That doesn't mean you go and crawl under your blankets and say, I'm not doing anything. Instead, you look at how to work again with the energy. Mm -hmm. And once you understand how to do that, it's magical. It really is.
0: So if someone wanted to... Was interested in learning more. Did they do that with you as well? Do you do astrology, or do you where do you send people for that?
1: Uh, I only do astrology for business. I don't do anything like I don't interpret your chart, because the only way I I mean I brutally use it for astro- for uh, business, <laughs> yeah. and that's where it really I find it is just my favorite thing. Yeah. So I have a product called the Entrepreneur Cast that I only do thirty of them a year because they're extremely, extremely complicated and time intensive, labor intensive. Um, Those launch in June and November and December. It's got a wait list. They sell out in like less than a minute. They're very, very popular. And what I do with that is I map out your entire year specific for your business and all the bigger themes of the year. But then I have another product called the Astro Biz Digest. Mm -hmm. And that one will give you a monthly summary. But every week it tells you exactly what's going on in the cosmos. So example, it'll tell you when this void of course stuff is happening. Okay. So, you know, during that time, if some kind of challenge shows up in your world, you take a time out. So, I map that out for people. And so, that's a a subscription service. Um, And it's a way, again, to help business owners really make sure that you are paying darn close attention. So, that way, you're not wasting your energy.
0: And for the non-business owners of the group, I think being their own sort of moods and emotions and projects and project planning is very important. Where do you send people for the basics of that for their everyday life?
1: Then that's better for a tarot reading. For everyday life, tarot reading. Tarot reading, okay. We do some, I do some astrology with the tarot reading too.
0: (laughs) Okay. But for everyday life,
1: it can really look at stuff that's going on, all the nuances, you can understand yourself, how you're showing up in situations and it can really help.
0: Okay, last question. Can there be a wrong interpretation?
1: Absolutely.
0: I imagine there can be because we have all these mental habits and patterns, and sometimes if we're just in our own head doing it, Mm -hmm. we are creating them again and again, right? So talk a little about how to deal with that, what you see, what's a good solution.
1: First of all, the first, the surest way to get a wrong answer is to be emotionally invested in your outcome you have got to detach from the outcome. And that is really, really Mm -hmm. tricky. So when you're doing readings for yourself, let's say, for example, I'm just going to pull a card, the Seven of Swords, and I'm going to make up a fake situation. Let's say I'm really concerned about this big romantic relationship. And I pull this card, and the whole thing I hope is that this situation is going to work out, and I'm really anxious about it. Well, I'm going to see either total gloom, or I'm going to see what I want to see in it. So if you cannot be objective, you're better off going to another reader to have them look over it. That being said, if I can't feel objective, that's a problem too. You know, for example, if people want to ask readings about gambling and the lottery, I have a personal bias on it. I won't read for you on it because I can't be objective. I'm against it. It Doesn't work. So if you have some kind of an attitude or a bias, or if you're really upset, it it can impact the reading. But also, people are human. They are human you can absolutely make a mistake when you're interpreting something so i always say you know be kind with yourself Uh, i also like to say the cards never lie but humans can make can make um they can make errors like it's an it's like in anything in life and you know with astrology what's really fascinating with that astrology you know shows trends and tendencies Mm -hmm. but astrology is not something cut in stone just because you have like quote unquote a bad chart or something doesn't right. mean your whole life is doomed. You right. still have to decide how you're showing up. Right. And also sometimes you might do a reading. It might be totally valid at that time, but you might change your mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is the other thing to keep in mind.
0: Hmm.
1: You can change your mind or other people impacting the situation can change things too. Maybe it's going that direction, but suddenly you say, you know what? I don't want that anymore. No, I don't want that relationship. I think I'm going to end this and choose something else. Mm -hmm. So it's more complicated than that. That's why I like to say they give you a guideline. And I also say the tarot cards tell a story, but you know, you write the ending.
0: Could they, if there's women in the group who wanted to, I promise, this is the real last question, but if women in the group who wanted to learn more, could they pair up and say like, okay, let's just start practicing with one another? Yes. So you don't need to be an expert to read. God the- no. Okay. You can start just by practicing and pairing up with someone and interpreting for one another. Yes. And the- okay.
1: Cool. 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 I cool. did practice, buddy. You know, the best reading I ever got in my life was from somebody who wasn't a professional. Which also always surprises people. And this guy had nothing to do with the industry. He just said, I can read those cards. I thought he was I thought he was being a jerk. And I said, Yeah, right. Well let me tell you, he did a really great job and I still think about that reading. And that was you know, almost 30 years ago, he was very, very naturally tuned into those images and his intuition.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Okay, so where can everyone find you and learn
1: about
0: you for all your things and do readings with you?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You guys can find me at the tarotlady.com. And I'm all over social media. I am on Facebook as the Lady. I'm on Twitter as the Lady, <laughs> And I'm on Instagram as the Lady too. So I'm pretty easy to find.
0: Okay. Um, Anything else you want to say to the thriving women as they go on their tarot journey?
1: Absolutely. I say just approach it with a lot of curiosity and an open mind and a playful attitude. And you're going to be rewarded if you come at it like that.
0: Yay. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for taking the time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Pleasance. It was a delight. Great to see you.
0: Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.